Welcome to the 204060 Podcast. My name is Jeff Mims, and I'm here with Gene Mims, representing the 60-year-olds. And uh, we've got our main man, Jared Runyon, back, representing the Millennial <laughs> Subset right, again. Yay, it's second, second episode with us, and excited to have him here today. We are in the midst of a couple of big things going on. This is the 20th episode of 204060. Yay, so give a normally on like yeah. YouTube, if there's 20,000 subscribers, they give away something, and... I mean, I'll give away a free book. What? The Kingdom Focus Church book. I love it. If you comment on our Instagram feed, 204060 Podcast, uh, and and you leave a comment, uh, the first two people that do that will mail you a autographed book and maybe even a picture of all three of us if you really <laughs> say something real pithy or something. I don't know, but we'll get we'll get we'll we'll make that happen. So if we if we get a couple of comments, we'll We'll send out a couple of resources to you guys for free. Uh, so that's that's huge for us. Second thing for us today is that we're going to be talking about some new things that are going on in all of our lives because they actually affect all of us, the 20, the 40, and the 60. Uh, we are in the process at Judson of birthing a church, and I, I want us to just spend a little bit of time today talking about what that looks like because literally all three of us are interacting with that at some level. And I thought it might be good... Uh, Gene, if you started with the very beginning, start with the story of how it came to be, because this isn't something new for us. How did it come to be that we felt like God might be leading us to birth the church? Because it really started with you before you were even at Judson Baptist. Well, it really did. And uh, it's a story that's so dear to my heart. And uh, it really pulls in my heartstrings. Probably 14 years ago now, I left uh, Lifeway Christian Resources to retire early in the hopes of returning to the pastorate, returning to pastor church. At the time, I thought we would probably, uh, Ann and I would probably relocate to Virginia. I'm from there. Uh, you were there pastoring in, in uh, seminary, doing a doctorate. Mary Ann was there at Liberty University. And we just, it was a natural thing. I was actually talking to a church uh, and really, and talking to the state convention. They, they wanted me to do some things. And it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful time. We were ready to do it. We were ready to sell our house. And the man, we'd been in our house a year, and the man that built my house told me, he said, if you ever want to sell this house, uh, I'll sell it for $15,000, no commission, whatever, 15 straight up, which was remarkable. So I called him, and uh, we, had, we had become friends. And uh, so we sat down, and he said, you know, uh, he'd sh- actually shown the house once, and we sat in our house one day, and he said, why are you doing this? And I said, well, what do you mean? I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm leaving. He said, well, what if you don't leave? What if you stay in Nashville? He said, you'd have to move twice. And he said, I, I don't think it makes any sense. If you, Do you know you're leaving? And I thought, well, you know, I really hadn't thought about that. I assumed we were. And I said, you know what? That's right. And uh, Ann and I agreed. I said, hey, go pull the sign in the yard. And, you know, we didn't do that. But in the same conversation, uh, he said, uh, why don't you pastor a church here? And uh, this man was was Jewish, and he 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 didn't really understand you know Baptist life, Southern Baptist life. And I said, well, first of all, there's not a church that I know of in Nashville that's, that you know it needs a pastor, and uh, you know it doesn't work like that. And then he said, why don't you start a church? And I'm thinking, wow, this guy's you know giving me the business here a <laughs> to Jewish be a non-believer. Guy, yeah, a goes lot to of synagogue questions. every you know every week, and he doesn't know a thing about 
what I'm doing, but he asked the right question. And I said, well, you know, it, I don't know. And, and in the conversation, I, I mentioned something about, well, you know, you have to have land and a, a building and money and whatever. And he said, well, I'll give you 37 acres of land uh, down in Williamson County, which is, for those of you who are listening and not from here, it's south of here, and the land was southeast. And those of you in the Nashville area, you know if you go down 65 and then go east on uh, Interstate 840, which is a big ring around Nashville, uh, the land was right down there, uh, right off of 840. So we went down and looked at it, beautiful piece of property, perfect for a church setting, but it just wasn't right. And about a year later, uh, I was I, I was doing – I was doing some ministry, overseas ministries. And about a year later, he calls me again. And he said, I've, I've got a, a piece of land I want you to look at. We drive up on this land. And it, once again, it's even better. It's incredible. It's got access to the uh, interstate. The other land really didn't. It, but it's an incredible piece. And then he starts telling me about what's going to happen. He said, there are going to be X number, you know, 800 homes here, 1,000 homes over here. Uh, in the years to come. And he said, you need to plant a church right here. And I'm thinking, this is absolutely ridiculous that this guy, you know, is doing that. He knew the, the lady who owned the land and whatever. And it, it really didn't work out. But but I think God put something on my heart there because of our relationship. Well, that relationship was cemented even more when we built our building here. And I told him at that time, I said, Rodney, uh, I just I just have to help Judson Baptist Church. And uh, I didn't know at that time that I was going to be the pastor, but right after that I became pastor. So we kind of dropped it. We built our new building here, and he sent word through a friend that he wanted to see the building. And the friend said, you need to get him over here because he's he's dying with cancer. So we walked through the, the new building. He was so proud and so happy, you know, for us and whatever. And long story short, I ended up uh, leading him to Christ. He professed his faith in Christ that day and died shortly afterward. And so this land has kind of become, you know, a part of my story. Uh, this, this area has become kind of a part of my story. And so, you know, I, I came to Judson, Pastor Judson, everything was great. We've done well. And uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, it was time for a revisioning of our church. We accomplished many of the things, most of the things, that we wanted to accomplish, I, I I felt like God wanted us to accomplish. And I mean, the well dried up. And it was just like the Lord saying, nope, 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 nope. I'd, I'd think of something or initiative, and it'd be nope, nope. And then I realized that it was time for me to transition. And so, uh, not surprisingly, uh, we transitioned, and Jeff and I became co-pastor at that time. And and I was... I was, you know, 50% committed to exploring again the possibility of starting a church. And uh, Ann wasn't exactly there, my wife. We were just talking about it. I didn't know what to do. You know, it was like, well, I'm, I'm, I know I shouldn't do this anymore, be the lead pastor at our church, but I don't really know what to do. My age, you know, I, I was 65, almost 66 then. Uh, like, wow, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And there are always opportunities, and people can always tell you, well, you could do anything you want to do. Yeah, but if you don't know what you want to do, I knew I was a preacher. I knew that. And uh, anyway, so we had a board meeting, and I was just thinking about it more and more. I'd drive out there and pray and cry. It was amazing. It just pulled in my strings. But I, it was no release to go and do anything. And I kept thinking about, you know, my age. I mean, most people start churches when they're in their 20s or 30s or 40s or something. And, you know, I'm in my 60s, and I don't know how this works. I don't know if the church would be for it. 
I just don't know. I don't know anybody out here. I didn't know anybody out there. I really didn't. And so we had a board meeting of a little 501c3 I had, and uh, somebody asked me to tell the story. And when I told the story, one of the board members said, uh, I don't know about the land, but you do realize that I have a metal building company, and we can build a building. That won't be any problem. And he said, and besides which, God has spoken to my heart in the last week and told me to get rid of a, a, a number of opportunities that I've been in as a layman and to, and to be a part of a church plant. And it changed the whole complexion in my wife and Jeff and me. And it was just like, did you feel that, Jeff? Yeah, and I think one thing that we got to talk about as we as we do that is we had a couple of false starts. We this. did. You know, and and uh, and – and uh, the the first one, obviously, you you kind of alluded to. It was like, yeah, let's let's do a church. And I know that there were even some people that we knew who said yes. Kind of, I mean, they they weren't they weren't negative towards it at all. They're actually very positive towards it. The second time though was about uh, five years ago, and we we kind of started talking about this internally as a church. And I mean, it was like crickets. Yeah, nobody, you know, nobody was interested in it. And I wasn't really interested in it, but it was just always there. It's sort of like something, you know, it's like learning a hobby or something. It's always on the list to maybe pursue, but it never seemed like the right time. Yeah, and I think what you said about uh, when Ron spoke that day in in our board meeting, that was a game changer because now it wasn't, you know, I remember having a conversation with you. I was sitting on my picnic table out outside at our house that we used to have, and I had called you, and we were talking about some things down on 8th Avenue, and we were talking about the, this out here, and we were talking about another church possibly merging with our church and all these things. And I remember having a conversation with you, and it was like for both of us the realization of, like, this is dead on arrival. Like, it's – like, we're and, – and I remember – I think the words that I said were, were your words. I, I think I remember saying, you know, you've always told me that when we're leading and no one's following – Yep. You're just taking a walk. And that's exactly where we and were. And that's where we felt. And it, it was a little discouraging, honestly, because it felt like all these false starts happening, all these things, and it, totally different. Well, I kept, you know, I kept feeling during that time like I was missing God's will. And uh, I, I, I ran across this the other day. It fell out of one of my Bibles. I had, I had put this, I'd put it in bold letters uh, at some times during this process before, before that meeting, maybe a year or two ago, about how God answers prayers. And he says, sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes wait. And then sometimes no is no because I've got something better. Yeah, yeah. And and there was something better. You know, I wasn't missing God's will, but there's there's uh, something of, that's something that builds intimacy with God when he keeps telling you no. Yeah. You know, uh, I didn't want to run from him. I, I was frustrated, but I wanted to go toward him. You know, right. what am I missing here? And, and uh, doing that. But it was a game changer. It really was. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody in that room, you know, got positive. And then when we announced that intention, because I basically at that point said, okay, I'm going to go start this church. It doesn't matter if anybody goes with me. I'll figure it out later. I'm The, the answer is yes. Yeah. And if we have to do it out of the, the, the ministry here, the, the five the, it's a radio ministry that basically we have and a ministry that helps pastors that, that are supported that's supported by people in the church but not through the church budget. 
But I thought, I'm just going to do it. I have to do this now. We have to do this. And, and that cleared up a number of things. It cleared up my relationship to Judson Baptist Church as a co-pastor, which is really to help Jeff, you know, as lead pastor here. You call you, Whether we call it co-pastor or senior executive or associate or whatever else, I knew, I knew right then how I was going to help Jeff uh, uh, pastor. And he had asked me, you know, look, even though you're starting this church, I still need these things from you. And I realized I can do this, you know, and, and not only can I do it, but I want to do it. Part of it was the my local thing, you know, Jared's here today, of really seeing college students come to Christ and built and integrated in a church if we can and whatever else. But then that was a, that was really the green light. And I just thought, okay, let's go and do this. As soon as we announced this, uh, instantly there was momentum in our church. Huge. It was, it was absolutely, I, I wasn't afraid that there wouldn't be. It was, it was in the best sort of way. I hope this comes across right. I didn't care. I knew this mm. is what I was going to do yeah. or we were going to do. Ann was there yeah. for the first time. She saw it, you know, and she was, I, I remember look on both of their faces because they weren't against it. They were just like, is this right? Is this what God wants us to do? Is this the right timing? And I was growing. I was going to that, but that put us all that put us all over the hump. But I know another big day for me was when a guy called and said, "Hey, I've got an extra thirty thousand dollars. What do you think I ought to do with that?" And I thought, "Well, I'm going to give you a couple of options, and let's see what resonates with you." And one of those options, you know, we talked about obviously that there's some things you could do in house, but what about our church plant? Yeah, that's what I want to do. And I think I'm going to have maybe another 50 for you by the end of the year. Yeah. And then another guy came up and said, hey, I, I, I've got $40,000. And do you want this for the church plant? Uh, yeah, I do yeah. right now. Right. I mean, when he told you that, that was a, that was a monumental moment. Stunning for us, because, you know? you know, you just don't expect that. But that's another door that opens. And all along, my prayer has been, I want to go down as hard as I can, every trail, Lord, that you show me. And I, I want you to absolutely shut the door on the trails that, that, that we shouldn't be go, going down. I don't want to waste any more time because I don't feel like I have a lot of time. You know, I, I want to do this right. Uh, another dimension of this, we, we should have had, I guess, Phil in here. But Phil Jones and I had been talking about starting a church when we were in our 40s. And, uh, you know, once again, we just never could get it right. Phil is our executive pastor here. He was ready to retire in the fall. And this he's been totally re-energized by this. And, uh, and then the people who said, I want to be a part of this, a group of about 50, maybe plus or minus yeah. people have said, I'm in. I'll do children. I'll do youth. I'll do, you know, let's go. And uh, it's just been... Uh, one affirmation after after another. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think something that's so interesting about this story, just observing it and being around it, is although Gene looks like he's 25, absolutely, he's actually <laughs> in his 60s. And that is just a very interesting uh, piece of information to this whole story because I feel like as a whole, people are always just the wrong age of whatever they want to do. I, I was at a Christmas party just now and well, I guess not just now, but this past year, and I'm watching my nephew explain to somebody that he's not five, he's five and three quarters, and that is a, <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm hearing my mom, mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I'm telling this story, 
lie about her age. Maybe she forgot, but she was younger <laughs> than what she really was yeah. in this story. And it's I just think it's interesting that people are always the wrong age for what they want to do. So my question for you, Gene, is what would you say to somebody? Maybe it's specific to church planting, or maybe it's just an endeavor, a passion that's just been lingering for a little while, but they're just not quite the right age. They're too young. They're too old. What would you say about that? I think there are two things that I've learned and I've had to learn them because when I was 40, I pretty much knew that I was going to retire at 65 and do something else. That's just how we thought, you know, uh, years and years ago. I think number one, what I've learned about life is that age is a number and it's important. Uh, Obviously, there are things about my life and wants and desires, my, my, my physical, you know, my body and whatever that's not like it, it was. But I've learned that you live your life in seasons and you live your life not in time, but timing. By time, not, not by time, but timing. And so you find out that you live in seasons of life that you don't, you don't necessarily choose. If you surrender your life to the Lord, I never thought I'd be at Lifeway. I never thought I'd be anywhere. You know, I grew up in a small town, and and my expectation was I'm going to go to seminary and I'll get a church like I grew up in, and I'll be so happy to be in a small town, you know, in in Virginia somewhere in the middle of Virginia. I'll just be I'll be so happy, and I would have been happy. I mean that that was, you know, it wasn't. It, I just I had, my ambition was to do better. I didn't want to be ignorant. I didn't want to. But I've learned that there are seasons of time in your life that you don't necessarily choose for yourself. And uh, the main thing for me now is to be obedient. I don't know how much time I have. I don't know what I'm doing in terms of uh, in longevity or whatever. Uh, I just know this is the time and the place to do that. I know there's another side to it also when you talk about uh, um, uh, somebody my age starting a church. Uh, most most guys who start a church really struggle with their age because because they're young. They don't have experience. Uh, they don't have networks. They don't have resources, perhaps. Uh, and and although they want to do it, they're kind of they're kind of dismissed by churches to say, "Hey, if you want to do that, we we might support you a little bit or whatever." It's just the opposite. I've earned credibility at our church. I think so that when I said this is what I think God would have me do, and I believe it would be great for Judson, our church said absolutely. You've got the experience and whatever else, and the people who are going out there, although we have young people who are going, you know, are people who some of our best deacons and leaders and teachers and whatever. And so we start uh, with a good first team from day one. We don't have to worry about that uh, from day one. The other thing too. And I think the Lord orchestrates this. You know, I couldn't go in any situation. I, I you know, I, I can't do that. It, it wouldn't. It's not possible for me not to be, you know, who I am and you know where I am in my life. But the demographic of where we're going, all the demographics point to the same demographics of our church here. It just happens to be, you know, in a different location, underdeveloped, unde- undeveloped. Actually, locations, nothing out there but people, and so that makes it a little more palatable to me to think about this, but that's an orchestration that I didn't know about when my friend took me out there the first time. It just looked like a bunch of trees, you know, and a few houses out there. And yet through the years, it took a long time, you know, a long time to get there. So uh, I think too, uh, because of the conviction that I have, we don't have to start with hundreds of people. 
we start with where we are. My, my deal is let's, you know, let's under promise and over deliver. Let's start with who we are solid and then build upon that. So you don't change who you are and what you're trying to do. Don't have enough time really to do that. I'm not going to be disappointed where hopefully, hopefully where maybe some guys would. And I do have to say that I remember conversations that we've had where I've, you know, Gene has encouraged me. I've, I've kind of felt on the other end of the spectrum, I might want to do this, this, and this, but I feel maybe too young to do X, Y, and Z. And Gene has said that that time is just like any other resource that God is not limited by. And when he has a plan for something, he'll, he'll overcome those obstacles. Yeah. And so it is cool for me. Like, it's one thing to have a conversation about it, but to see you do this mm-hmm. is, a, is, is, does something to my faith. And so, yeah, thanks for that. It's been cool. Well, I'll have to tell you, it's a stretch of my faith. It, it's, it's, and for me, that's absolutely exciting because there are many things in ministry that I have done that I feel like I can do in terms of local church and, you know, I've been in publishing. I've been, I've been a lot of business, if you want to say it like that. But those things don't ring bells of excitement. Hmm. Uh, it's not just, it's a new challenge. Uh, I, I don't quite understand that. You know, every day of my life is a challenge. It's a new window that the Lord has, has opened that brings the excitement to it. It's re-energized me. It's re-energized Phil. It, we have to think differently than we've ever thought before. And uh, I have to become a learner again. And I'm learning from guys in their 20s and 30s. It's kind of neat to have conversations with some of our partners who are church planners. I just spent uh, a lunch up in uh, the Baltimore area with one of our church planners asking him about starting and, and reaching out. How, do you, how did you all do certain things and whatever? And it's interesting that everyone I talk to has been nothing but affirming to say, you know what, this just makes sense uh, to put kind of uh, established people you know, out in a church plant. So let me ask you about this because this, this will be a question for everybody is, you know, you're 60 some odd years old. And, uh, so you're, you're obviously not going to be doing this in our minds, you know, for, you know, maybe the length of time you've been at Judson. Yeah. I don't expect to. Okay. So if that, if that's, if that is the way that that will go, how has the transition that you and I have walked through here prepared you ultimately to transition another church? That's a great question, and it's the transition of letting go. Uh, you have to hold everything in your ministry lightly. Uh, we were laughing about it today, about this pastor who left his church, and I made the I, I made the quip that, you know, every church I ever left, guess what, they got somebody else. And uh, you just have to hold your ministry lightly, and it's kind of always and every day for such a time as this. Oh. And so... Uh, uh, I think it was uh, probably probably harder to let it go for you because I don't have an interest in you as a preacher only, you know, as somebody coming in. And a lot of those transitions don't work well. I have interest in you as my son. Sure. And and your family is you know is 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 about the most precious thing in my life. And so the tendency would be to hold on to that to make sure that I directed everything so it could be successful. But, but God said no. I mean, the Lord said this isn't yours anymore, pal. Uh, you're here to help the vision, the new vision. You're here to help the staff transition. You're here to help that. And while it's not exactly hands off, uh, this isn't yours anymore. And that really helped me to go and start this church, realizing that mm-hmm. because the age thing is always there. I can't do this till I'm eighty. You know, right. I mean, I can, but why would you? 
and and already I'm starting out not thinking about that transition per se, but knowing that I can do this now. I can yeah. let that go. It's time to let it go. Before in ministry, when I've let something go, I moved. Right. You know, I didn't have anything to do with the next guy coming in. It was easy to let go because I had to go do something else. Right. Uh, so I think the transition of letting go here which didn't take me as long as I thought it would when I first discovered that. It took me about a week. I'll be honest with you, I grieved. I was sad oh. because uh, I've, I've told people here, this isn't my church. This is my family. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't have words to describe the love that I have for this place and these people, even though a lot of them now I don't know. And it's, it's amazing how you get these pings when you see this transference now of people, my friends that I grew up with who, who now see Jeff as their pastor, you know, and not me, but that's the letting go. It took about a week, a little bit of grief. And I just said, Hey, this is the right thing to do. You know, Bible says the man who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, it's sin. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't want that. I, I may want a lot of things in my life, but, and ultimately that's to your, you know, you'll have freedom. You have freedom to, to be, you know, what you're going to be. Sure. And I think, I think that's a, an interesting thing because we're talking about a, a church that we're, we're going to be immediately transitioning. You know, when we say immediately, well, I mean, three to five years, that's immediate. You know, I mean, that, that's not long. Uh, and, and so if somebody were to say, well, I mean, what's the plan? Well, the plan would be to lay a foundation for a church to start and then ultimately, uh, let it go and do something. My hope is that we would actually be able to do that again. I, I actually hope that we would be able to transfer uh, whatever the gathering at 840 becomes to the next generation pastor, whoever he's going to be, and that we would roll that one more time and that you'd get to do it again, learning from all the mistakes and the, the good calls and you know, I mean, like, like I was laughing today. I mean, it, it literally looks like Amazon has set up um, – house right here at our church because we have a we have our fellowship hall, our gathering space is full of boxes from Amazon. I mean we're ordering so much stuff. We're buying trucks. We're we're buying trailers and equipment to be able to get out there. So there's going to be a learning curve that should be a little lessened the next time around. And one of the things we talked about in Copastrian was the expansion of the ministry to be able to do this again with Judson being the hub and the church plants, you know, being the spokes that go out and hopefully ring a city. One of the things that I've thought about in that vein about this church is I, I want this church to, I want to lead this church, obviously, and I want this church to feel the full impact of my leadership, but I don't want it to be personality centered. Hmm. Uh, and one of the dangers I feel is I've, I've had this vision. I mean, this is really, really important to me, but I don't want it to be Gene's church plant. And so if we can get different speakers and different, that's one thing we've talked about, you coming down there and speaking, and mm. I, I speak back here, get different voices in that church so that it, it's birthed that way, so that you don't only have one, you have one vision, leadership vision, but you don't necessarily have to have one single voice, which is a new, which is a new step for me also, because, you know, I mean, you cut me open at night and I preach, you know, and so that's, that's a big, that's another trend, that's another releasing and it's it's been a challenge to be to think about that, but on the on the back end of that, I realize if I don't do that, then in you know three five whatever it is years. But now when you talk about church multiplication, I can do that till I'm till I die. Sure, I can I can go and help somebody else do this when I've been through it 
the first time. And I think that's kind of been recognized because now we're part of the Liberty Church Network, and they're just hammering me about starting a group here to do exactly what we're we're talking about here, take church planters or potential church planters and help them do it. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Liberty Church Network exists, uh, and it's a little bit of a misnomer with the name. It's actually not affiliated uh, entirely with Liberty University anymore. Start That's where its roots were, which is why the name Dr. Falwell started it that way. But Liberty Church Network exists to plant churches, and what they try to do is get local churches to host training centers, and uh, God willing, in September, we, we will be uh, going up there with one of our new friends, Danny Parmley, who is part of the Converge Church Network, and Danny is going to be part of our center here and we're going to start a church training center here to be able to launch more churches and hopefully get multiplication going quicker and quicker. So if you haven't checked that out, I would encourage you, whatever town you're in, there's probably not a Liberty Church Network uh, training center in your town. It, it's it's not a big deal to get one started, and the fellowship and the training and best practices and things that come out of that are super, super strong. So I would encourage you to check that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually speaking to some of those. I'll be in September during that time, actually speaking to about 60 pastors up in the Northern Virginia, uh, Eastern, I mean, Western Maryland area. And uh, so I already feel that that could be the next dimension and chapter. And I didn't seek that out. Somebody, yeah. somebody you know, that's kind of the way my life's been. Somebody, Rodney, hey, you ought to start a church. Yeah. Or it's, I, I've never imagined or had the ambition to do anything. Nothing wrong with it. I've just never lived my life like that. But it's really been interesting. It's really been a, an exciting uh, exciting time. One of the things, too, is that we're involving uh, Jared on that and the music end of it. Because what do you do? What kind of music do you do? What kind of uh, worship do you do? And it's not going to be like Judson, you know, but it's not going to be like, you know, a millennial church either. So, that's yeah, all. we're committed to multi generational ministry all the way across the board. So that that shows up. I, I just should maybe say this to you, and you'll have to check our um, our updated uh, website. You'll also have to check our updated social media because a little bit of this could change. But we are waiting on a preliminary decision that would allow us. We hope to launch uh, September the tenth of this year. Uh, in South Williamson County, right off of 840, uh, near near the Page High School, middle school area. So if you're in that area and you're not connected to a church or you have people that you know that are not connected to the church, to a church rather, this is the place to connect them. And uh, keep up with us. You, you can always uh, find us at judsonbaptist.com. Uh, you can uh, track Gene at genemims.com. I'm on Facebook at uh, Jeff Mims and Instagram, Jeff Mims, well, Jeff underscore Mims on both of those. And uh, Jared, they can catch you where? At Jared Runyon on Instagram or Facebook. And I want to just say this really quickly. Uh, By the time time this airs, Jared will have been out on the road. Uh, Tell everybody a little bit about what God is doing with local sound and the quick, real quickly with the tour that you're going to be on. Yeah, so local sound is just the the quite literally the sound of our college ministry, my local, and we're going to get to uh, hop on what's called the Outcry tour. It's through the West Coast for about three and a half weeks. So yeah, and when they come back, look for him at a college campus this fall with Crowder Band, right? You guys still have that on the on the books. We're hoping potentially. So yeah. we're trying to get that done. So you know, a lot of good things happening there. So just um, iTunes, download the local sound album. 
We look forward to seeing you next time, and hopefully uh, by the time you're listening to the next episode, we'll have great news to report of all that God's been doing in our new church plant. We're just excited about it. God bless you.